Here's what's coming up on today's show. Retirement planning seems to be all about the numbers, but ask any retiree and they will likely tell you that is only half the story. The other half of the story is having something to retire to. Today, Mark and I will talk about seven habits for a happy retirement. It's easy to get lost on the way to retirement. Things like taxes, improper planning, and excessive market risk can all lead you astray from your goal of a successful and happy retirement. That's where Liz Whittaberry comes in. She's a holistic financial advisor and the founder of Best Path Advisors, and she can help guide you to a better financial path. This is Retire on Your Best Path with Liz Whittaberry. Welcome into this edition of the podcast. It's Retire on Your Best Path with Liz Whittaberry and myself here to talk about these happy habits, or I guess, well, that's a happy habit, but they are certainly habits to have a happy retirement. So we're going to have a great conversation with Liz as usual. And of course, if you've got some questions, need some help, don't forget to reach out to her at bestpathadvisors.com. That's bestpathadvisors.com. And Liz, how are you this week? I am great. I'm doing awesome. That's How good. are you? I'm doing fantastic. Hey, you know, before we get into this, I wanted to mention, I forgot to mention this last podcast, on the website and stuff, you now have webinars on demand, right? I do. Yeah. I do. I have a couple of pages, uh, one for taxes and retirement and one for social security. Those are both very important topics. Yeah. And that's a great way for people to get some more content or to go through some things. And they can watch these whenever they basically want to because they're, again, they're on demand, right? That is true. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. So if you want to make some... it as easy as possible <laughs> right. for people to get the information they're looking for when they need it. Yeah, exactly. So again, if you've got some, uh, some things you want to start looking into a little bit more, just stop by the website, check these out. There's a lot of good stuff there. Uh, that is under the good stuff tab. There's a little drop down there and it says webinars, there's videos, blog, all sorts of good stuff there. So go check that out at Best Path Advisors. Dot com. All right, let's get into our topic this week. Seven happy, uh, seven habits. I want to say happy habits for some reason, Liz. I got it, <laughs> I got it in my brain. I want to be happy, I guess. Um, this was actually based off an article uh, that we're going to have this conversation around that came out in Kiplinger a couple of years ago, but I think it's still yes. pretty relevant. And you and I were chatting about it. And so there's some good stuff in here, some good tips in here. So let's get into it. Let's go with habit number one. Uh, happy retirees work at staying healthy. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think the key to that is what good is money for retirement if you can't enjoy it, if you're, <laughs> right. if you're not well. So right. to, to be as healthy as possible, especially to be able to walk and hike if you're going to go someplace, uh, to be able to participate in all the activities. Um, yeah, do yard work, whatever, important. right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Whatever it is that you want to do in retirement. The article, I've had some important notes from studies that show that if you have a healthy lifestyle, you exercise, you eat a healthy diet, that actually reduces your risk of certain health conditions in retirement. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. You know, my mom's 82 and and, uh, and she's in pretty good health overall, but her mobility is starting to suffer. And it can definitely tell the days when she's when she's a little more down, uh, when she can't move as much. It kind of affects the mental aspects of, of her day as well. She, you know, she's a little more yeah. a little more blah and stuff. So, yeah, trying to stay moving as much as we can is certainly important. We tell, we've been telling her for years, hey, even if you don't do anything, she's in a senior apartment complex. It's like even if it's too hot, she's like, it's too hot to go outside and walk around. It's like, well, fine, go down the hall right? Go back and forth right. down the hall a couple times, but just keep moving. Yeah. And these days with our watches that count our steps, oh, yeah. uh, you know, mm-hmm. we can really create some habits a little more easily around that 
uh, set a number of steps a day. They say that 7,500 steps or more each day, that that's what you really need for the physical and mental uh, benefits. My great-grandmother, Grandma Baker, Mm -hmm. uh, walked everywhere. She never even learned to drive. Oh, wow. And she walked absolutely everywhere. And my mom tells me that when she and my dad were dating, they would you know, be doing the typical driving around town. Sure. Uh, and they would see her walking and would stop and say, you want us to give you a ride home? And she never got a ride home. She wow. always walked. Now, I, she might have been afraid of cars. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> she was very healthy and she lived to be 99. Well, there you go. Right. Yeah. So clearly Grandma Baker knew what worked for her. And, you know, and everybody's a little different, right? So you want to make sure that yeah. you're doing those those correct things. But, yeah, staying healthy, so that's certainly a good habit to uh, to get started with, number one. Number two is, you know, fostering those strong social connections because, again, same same concept, right? So, okay, so if you're, if you're staying healthy and active, uh, you got to keep the uh, the social engagement up, you know, as well so that we, we need people to talk to. We need people to, uh, you know, commiserate with. Right, and it's different when you're retired because you no longer have that automatic circle of people that you're seeing every day. Right. So you have to be a little more intentional about it and maybe join some groups or look into events that can help you have that social connection. The article actually pointed out that social isolation, if you don't have those connections, that that is linked to higher rates of heart disease and stroke. Mm. Wow. And even increased dementia, you know, less interaction, I guess, for the brain. Sure. Uh, so those, yeah. those are important. I have one client who she and her husband had moved into a assisted living facility together because he needed some help. And after he passed away, she had made some friends there and she really thought about moving out. But then she decided to move over to the independent side. And now uh, she is very active. In fact, her schedule revolves around the activities that she has in this independent living facility, whether it's the card games or the little social get-togethers or everybody's taking the bus to go to some certain event. And uh, if I need to talk to her, I've got to schedule it around the activities Mm -hmm. that are going on at the facility. So that's a great way for her to stay active and and connected. Yeah, I mean, doing these different little things, you know, whatever it might be, whether it's, uh, you know, if you don't live in a place like that, just staying up with whatever friends group you might have, you know, or, or maybe right. volunteering at the, the dog shelter, let's say, or, you know, whatever the case is, just, you know, just kind of having some other people to, um, you know, chat with and, and get together with. And, and it just helps with depression, obviously, and depression can lead to a lot of other, you know, uh, issues. So again, kind of keeping the body active, got to keep the mind active, which makes sense. All right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Number three, happy retirees find a clear sense of purpose. Uh, so what, what are we talking about here when we're talking about purpose? Something to do, correct? Something that gives that person real joy in their days and weeks and years. Uh, something that they want to do that has some sort of meaning for them. Mm-hmm. And that could be work for some people. Uh, it has been work, and they decide that they want to continue to work in retirement, at least some, because they want to. Not that they have to, right, but they want right. to get that um, meaning out of the work that they're doing. For others, it's volunteering and getting involved in some sort of volunteering for, like you've mentioned, pets. But 
volunteering within the community. Sure. And you can find a, a place to volunteer by going to volunteermatch.org. And that will list all kinds of volunteer opportunities within oh, that's your cool. community. Volunteermatch.org? Volunteermatch.org. And you can actually search by city and category. Oh, cool. So you can, you can find something that is close to you that you're interested in. You may even be able to find some things that you can do online virtually to help some of the yeah, especially if you're organizations having, yeah, out. especially if you're having some mobility issues, right? That could still be a good way to get some activity going or some interaction. So that's, yeah, good, good idea. But it, this is another area that I think you have to be intentional about. Uh, and when I think of the clients that I have, those that have something that they're doing that gives them a real sense of meaning and purpose are happier. Uh, and I can see it because they talk about what they're doing. There's a lot of joy in what they're doing and they are happier but uh, you have to be intentional about figuring out what it is you want to do and the article points out to dust off your curiosity genes you know okay. you may you may not have really had time to be curious since childhood but think about it find something that really interests you and you know take some steps to see how you could get involved and if that's something that yeah adds to your retirement well, I mean, you know, hobby time, right? So, I mean, many yeah. people, obviously, the cliche is, well, I'm retired, so I'm going to play golf, right? Uh, and, and maybe that does interest you. And if that does, great. Then that's one of the things that you're looking to do, right? And that's, that's a great way for not only there's the physical activity, there's the camaraderie if you're playing with some friends, you know, so that's fine. And as a, there's a hobby, but maybe it's also something that you did when you were younger to the article's point, you know, or maybe you always wanted to, you know, get into woodworking or whatever it might be, right? So definitely just dust that off. Yeah, and I think I think it is a time you've got more time in retirement. It's a time that you can do more than one thing. It doesn't have sure. to be just one thing. You can do many things that give you a lot of uh, joy. Some people yeah. take up painting or yeah. writing. I think that I would like to do some of those things myself when I had more time. Yeah, I mean, during the COVID issues, my wife, you know, she was she's definitely very a type A workaholic kind of person. And all of her kind of things kind of closed up in that regard. And I was like, all right, you have got to, you know, because I'm a musician, so I'm always playing music or doing whatever. And I was like, you have mm -hmm. got to find some kind of outlet. And so she started finally, finally decided to get into some painting and she loves it. Right. So I can see now when we get to retirement age, that's probably something she'll continue to do because uh, she does it, you know, all the time now as well. So she really enjoys that. So yeah, you know, it's never too, never too late to, uh, to kind of find something to get into. So, and it actually works really well with our yeah. habit number four, Liz, uh, never too late. Well, it's never too late to stop learning. Right. Right. Absolutely. And, you know, exercising your mind isn't, as important as exercising your body. You need to keep your brain active. And I had read a book many years ago. I forget the title, but it is about this group of nuns that never exhibited any Alzheimer's. And it stuck with me okay. because one of the things that they did was take a class every week. They were required, no matter their age. They also were required to teach a class every week. Hmm. And they were required to do a certain number of chores uh, and a very structured environment, but they never exhibited any Alzheimer's or dementia. Wow. What they found is that they asked this group of nuns if they could do autopsies to see why they didn't have any Alzheimer's right. or dementia. Right. And they found that they did have the same percentage 
of Alzheimer's or dementia, but it wasn't able to manifest in the way that they were living because they were constantly developing these new connections within the brain, mm-hmm. yeah. like constantly learning. Yeah, the neural and, pathways were constantly firing, yeah. Yeah, and, and so that has always stuck with me, that the importance of continuing to learn because it will allow the brain to maintain a, a good lifestyle without having some form of dementia or Alzheimer's, you know, potentially overtake you. Yeah. I mean, crossword puzzles or or Sudoku, remember that was all the rage for a while. Uh, You know, that kind of stuff can really, can really help. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I do have um, a client that I think of in this regard, they watch for the community college courses and, and the community college here has, adult learning courses Mm -hmm. and they sign up for three or four every semester and different topics and challenge themselves. Some are related to history, some are related to, you know, dancing or to getting out and about in the community and have a lot of fun doing that. And so that's one way to get involved. And then again, they're probably making a lot of new friends as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because you're just kind of out doing things, right? So you're, you know, the people yeah. in the class and whatnot. So, yeah, so we're going through these different habits. And, and obviously, some of this stuff might seem like fairly obvious. But again, there's little ways to, you know, kind of shine some light on some of this stuff and think, yeah, I should probably do a little bit more of that. And so that's the idea for the podcast this week. Uh, habit number five, Liz, is, is, is still with the brain, but it's around optimism. And it's really just like, it's tough, especially in today's environment, right? Socially and, and politically and everything that's going on in the world. It's, it's tough to stay optimistic. But uh, the article talks about the importance of that. Absolutely. And and it talks about the fact that we can train ourselves to be optimistic. And we can also, the habit number <laughs> six on mindful gratitude, we can train ourselves to be grateful Yeah. if we focus on it. They, they, um, didn't, they didn't ask my brother to be part of this study because <laughs> I don't know that he has the optimism bone uh, or gene or whatever at all. But anyway, go ahead. Well, the the article says if you will begin to just make yourself think of something each day in an optimistic way okay. and surround yourself with optimistic people that can help as well because they will rub off on you. Uh, but if you begin to each day, try to think of uh, some something optimistic, reframing it over time, your brain starts to do that more and more because you begin to see the good that comes out of things. Yeah. Well, definitely a pro tip there is going to be turn off the news, right? Right. Because that's that, just full of negativity. So, Yeah, because those headlines do. Those headlines do get clicks, and that's what they're looking for. Yeah. You know, I have a client that was, um, she was actually having some mini strokes years ago. Okay. And she was very positive and optimistic. She is one of the most optimistic persons I've ever met. And 20 years later, she is still happy, healthy, living alone, walks every day, and is still very optimistic, always says something positive. That's somebody that I want to be like. Yeah. Yeah. And to your point, yeah, we do definitely uh, pick up traits from people we're hanging around with. So in that social grouping that we're, you know, one of the other tips there about hanging out with folks and having a social group, uh, maybe some of those people you want to have, especially if you know you're a bit more pessimistic or negative, is try to be around some folks that are a bit more optimistic and hopefully that will rub off on you. Uh, You mentioned number six a little bit, which was 
you know, the happy retirees are practice mindful gratitude. So again, looking for maybe the silver lining in things, looking for ways to be like, you know, we see things like, Hey, you know, every day above ground's a good day, that kind of thing. Right. Yeah. It just helps you be more satisfied with where you're at, even if you're, you know, still working on things to have that gratitude. And the tip that they had for this is to have a journal and write down one to three things you're grateful for each day. At the end of the day, write down something. And I recently found this five-year journal okay. uh, on Amazon. And it's it's five years, each page. So January 1 is broken up into five sections. So you'll go through the whole book, January 1 through December 31, filling out the first little fifth of the page. And then you'll come back and start over the second uh, fifth of the page and do that for five full years. I think that's going to be a very interesting way to look back over time at the different things that I'm learning uh, and the different things that I'm making a point to write down that I'm grateful for that day sure. that I would probably forget if I didn't write it down. Well, that's a good way of looking at it. I mean, oftentimes people, I mean, how many times has someone gotten together with Thanksgiving, for example, with their family and said, you know, you know, today we're here to give thanks, blah, blah, blah. And someone winds up saying, you know, we shouldn't just do this once a year, right? We right. should do this more often, you know, not necessarily maybe the whole extravaganza of the, the feast uh, and everything, but the concept of Thanksgiving, right? Just kind right. of taking a minute to be thankful for whatever it is that's going on. You know, I'll message my, you know, I use my mom often on the show because, uh, you know, I can relate to the fact that she's by herself at 82 and you know, I'll check on her and say, Hey, how you doing today? You know, and she's like, I'm moving, you know, and I was like, all right. She's like, as long as I'm moving, I'm good. And I was like, all right, you know, so finding a way to be uh, grateful for that stuff, you know, whatever yeah. it might be. All right. Well, let's finish off with habit number seven, Liz. Uh, and that's back to uh, the furry friends or maybe the feathered friends. Uh, certainly, I mean, dogs bring cats, whatever the case is, just they bring a ton of joy to our lives anyway. And for seniors, they can be, I mean, how many videos do we need to yeah. see of seniors, you know, the dogs that go to hospitals, right? Things of that nature. Mm, they can mm -hmm. just do a ton to put a smile on your face. Absolutely. And the study said that the older dog owners who walk their dogs at least once a day got 20% more physical activity than those that did not have dogs. Yes, got to take them uh, out. And so gotta there you've got, yeah, there yep. you've got that um, adding to, that built to the in. other habit. Right, right. yeah, it's, yeah. it's built Building in another habit. There you go, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And in fact, I have, um, I have a couple of clients that are very good friends. They have the same kind of dogs and they walk them together. And so that gives them that daily morning dog walk, exercise, uh, time with a good friend. There you go. All wrapped up in one activity. Uh, one activity. Yeah, I like it. You know, when I think of pets, I think of this one client who has always had cats. And she named her first cat that I was aware of Prozac. <laughs> uh, yeah. She said, this is, this is all I need. I just need my cat. So then she, oh. when that cat got older, she got a second cat. She named that one Paxil. Oh my goodness. That's hilarious. Yeah. So I love it. instead of taking Prozac, <laughs> she just has the cat. She has the cats and that's what she needs. That's awesome. That's hilarious. Yeah. I mean, and you know, maybe again, depending on your lifestyle, cats are certainly lower maintenance than a dog, right? You don't have to take them yeah. walk for walks. As a matter of fact, some cats will look at you like you're crazy if you try to take them for a walk. Uh, but you know, whatever the case is, cats, birds, uh, you know, making sure that you've got something, you know, to it's a, 
if nothing else, if you are alone, if your spouse has passed on, right, it's a yeah. it's a great little way to have someone to talk to on a regular basis too. You know, especially with dogs, right? How many we all talk to our dogs, and we're convinced that they talk, and they do talk back to us. They do talk back. Mine definitely does. We yeah. have a Weimaraner, and and he understands what we're saying. And Way too often. lets us know what his response is. Yeah, yeah. He, he's he's extremely smart. Yeah. But the interesting thing is that if you have a pet, mm-hmm. it can help, again, prevent cognitive decline sure. and boost longevity of the owner. Yeah. And so all of these things that we've talked about help us prevent our cognitive de- decline, help us stay mentally engaged and much happier with where we're at and help us live longer. All of those things are good things. Yeah, and retirement's more than just the numbers, right? So that's one of the reasons we wanted to do the conversation this week. So Much, much more. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, seven habits to help you get yourself onto uh, that good path, right? Which is some of the things we try to share here on the podcast. Yep, because we are here to help you be on your best path. Exactly. So do yourself a favor and reach out to Liz if you've got some technical questions and some, uh, you know, some X's and O's. But also there's a lot of other things that that go into the retirement planning process. And having an advisor on your side can certainly help with that because they're seeing tons of other people in similar situations that you're in. So if you've got some questions, need some help, reach out to Liz. You can find her online at bestpathadvisors.com. That is bestpathadvisors.com. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify. Spotify, whatever platform you like using. That way you can just catch new episodes when they come out, or you can also check out past episodes, but it's all right there at her website. Liz, thanks for hanging out with me as always. Good topic this week. Thank you. It's good to talk to you again, Mark. Yeah, absolutely. And look forward to seeing you in a couple weeks. We'll be back with more here on Retire on Your Best Path with Liz Whitaker. The preceding program is sponsored by Best Path Advisors, which is solely responsible for its content. Securities offered through J.W. Cole Financial, member FINRA SIPC. Investment advice offered through J.W. Cole Advisors. Best Path Advisors, J.W. Cole Financial, and J.W. Cole Advisors are unaffiliated entities. The opinions expressed by Liz Whitberry should not be construed as specific tax, legal, or investment advice, nor as an offer to buy or sell any securities mentioned herein. Neither J.W. Cole Financial nor its representatives provide legal, tax, or accounting advice. Persons who provide such advice do so in a capacity other than as a registered representative of J.W. Cole. Investing is subject to risks, including the loss of principal. Due to volatility within the markets mentioned, opinions are subject to change without notice. Information is based on sources believed to be reliable. However, their accuracy or completeness cannot be guaranteed.